Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy with my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM, Mr. Tom Thayer, starting guard for the 85 Super Bowl Bears. I'm Jeff Joniak, former Chicago Bears starting quarterback, Jim Miller. He's down to the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame ceremonies right. this week, big time. So a lot of big names down there from guys that uh, have played the game and then uh, have become NFL stars in many cases. That's a great place to be. I heard, you know, I heard, and how you doing, by the way? Doing good. I'm doing good. Just, uh, you know, I listened to some of that show, listened to the introduction of some of the stars that were able to come up on stage with Jim and Pat. And, you know, with Jim being an alumni of that game himself, it's got to be a big thrill to be able to make eye contact with a lot of those guys. You no, know, as they scout, I always wondered this as well, because, you know, the scouting combine is such a big uh, interview process. But I heard former Bears quarterback Jason Campbell and I also heard Fred Taylor say, you know, the senior bowl was so much more important because you actually got to play football. You got to actually, you know, put on the pads. And, and I know that that doesn't happen at the scouting combine in terms of actual contact in a game, but boy, that would make the evaluation process a little more intriguing. <laughs> well, you know, all right, we have two subjects here. We got to talk about the scouting combine because it's going to be able to move around the yeah. landscape of the NFL. However, you know, when I came out of college, Jeff, you had the Hula Bowl, you had the East West Shrine game, you had the Japan Bowl. And then that's when they introduced you to the senior bowl where they were paying future NFL players to come and, and participate in that game. But it was a much more serious of an atmosphere than those other all-star games that I talked about. I had a huge thrill of playing with Dan Marino and Jimbo Covert and some of the stars from the, from the West side of the, the country. So, um, you know, you kind of picked and choose where you wanted to go to, and I I wanted to go to the Hula Bowl. It was always a dream of mine, so I was glad I went to that one. Well, it's now why you uh, go to Maui. Yeah, yeah true, <laughs> true. But you know, that was always the you know the fantasy location. You know, my brother-in-law John Scully played 11 years in the NFL. He went to the East-West Shrine Game, so it's different. You're scouted differently. And the approach to the practices and stuff are, are a little bit different to each of the games. Uh, special thanks to our producers, Jordan Treadup and Dan Brilli for helping us out as always. And to the folks at the score, uh, we got to talk about that uh, scouting combine because I'm a big fan of it staying in Indianapolis because it's such a convenient process. It's like a conveyor belt. They just go about their process, all the medical, everything in one place, one-stop shop. And it's just, you know, me, I'm a traditionalist. It's been there since 1978. I've been to like, 28 of them. And uh, I will, won't like the idea that it's going to now become something that is moving all over the country. And it'll be something to bid starting in the 2023 uh, off season. So that'll be great for fans that can't make it to Indianapolis and I'll move it around similar to the NFL draft and whatnot. But how do you feel about it? Well, you know, I'm, I'm for staying in Indianapolis. I thought they did a nice job. All the pieces were in place. They knew the hotel, they knew the routine of getting to and from camp. And that was the one thing that you got to put these players at ease in a comfortable position as much as you can. When I came out of college, we had to go to one in Tampa, one in Detroit, and one in Seattle. And the one in Seattle seemed so far away. It changed the whole complexion of the competitiveness of the combine. So I liked the one camp, centrally located, easy for everybody to get to, and they had a great facility to, to get everything done. Right, as we approach the start of training camp on July 27th, earlier than that for, for rookies and quarterbacks up at Hallis Hall, for the first time, by the way, training camp at Hallis Hall. That, that is going to be interesting. A limited number of fans will 
have an opportunity to attend. Don't know the total yet, but it'll be a great experience for everybody who goes there. Uh, but with that, some of the new regulations and protocols are starting to trickle out. So we learned that players have until July 2nd to opt out for the season. The higher risk players are entitled to a $350,000 stipend. Voluntary opt-outs get no pay this year. There were 67 opt-outs a year ago. One of them included Eddie Goldman. Uh, and there were some others, including Marquise Goodwin, who's, uh, who is now on the Bears. How, how do you feel about that uh, second go-round? Because obviously the pandemic uh, a quieting down, but not going to go away. You know, what happens if you want to opt out and you really don't have a reason, but you language some type of reason that they have to trust that you're telling the truth? I don't like it. I think it creates a really uncomfortable dividing line between a guy that may be in the last year of his contract or a guy that's on the fringe of getting cut and maybe not even making the team going, hey, I can opt out and I can say it's a medical reason why I'm opting out and still get $350,000. That's more salary money than I made in any one year. <laughs> so again, I, I, I don't like it. I wish that um, I, they would get back to normalcy as much as you possibly can and, you know, and get everybody that's under contract into camp. All right. So the bears 90 man roster included three veteran additions, Tom, after the uh, veteran mini camp. So one of them, a tight end, Jake, Butt. now Jake, Butt was at Michigan, a uh, very celebrated player, but Torres ACL dropped to a fifth round pick has had nothing but injuries. Uh, and they he obviously did enough to become an intriguing possibility for the bears because the tight end position with Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet and JP Holtz and Jesper Horstead's been here since 2019 they have an undrafted in Scooter Harrington and another uh, undrafted rookie free agent in Tyrone Wheatley Jr., the former running back's right. son. Uh, how do you feel about it? I think it's a, a nice move. You know, anybody that follows football and is a fan of the college game, the pole game, when Jake Butt was going through his years at Michigan, he was a really good football player. And it was kind of a really unfortunate, ugly incident that he got hurt so close to what was going to be his rookie year. But now it's a matter of, uh, you know, you've had guys that have struggled to stay healthy throughout their NFL career. But if he can put together a couple seasons where he has the ability to stay healthy, he can be an asset to anybody's program. He's the type of guy I'm really pulling for because that's the determination you like to see it in some of these guys that haven't had the easiest road to the NFL. Another one, because it is hard to find defensive linemen. Everybody wants them. They want those rotation pieces. And, you know, we expect Eddie Goldman to be there at training camp, but uh, the veteran Mike Pennell, the uh, Colorado State Pueblo undrafted rookie back in 2014. He's played with Kansas City, the Packers, the Jets, the Patriots, back with Kansas City, and now with the Bears. Uh, a big guy at 6'4", plus 332. That's a nice addition at this point in the offseason. Yeah, he is. You know, I mean, he's got versatility. He's got strength in the middle of the defense because of the uncertainty of Eddie Goldman. When you look at having the uh, the rookie that they drafted, Tonga, from BYU, and now you have another big body guy that can come in and compete along with the rest of those guys. So um, he has experience. He knows how to play the NFL game. And he's a guy that could be a contributor um, in the depth of that position where sometimes you need it the most. All right, this is in the intriguing, okay, NFL uh, comes up with ideas because of the alternative uniforms. Now they are coming out with a new policy allowing teams to use two different helmets uh, during, the yeah, 20, during the 22 season, though. 22 yep. season. Yep. 
So teams compare a second helmet with the alternate. So we're talking throwback of those color rush uniforms uh, as long as it all follows league policy. So the Bears did have a different logo, the white C with the helmet, uh, the, the blue helmet. Would you like to see that come back? You know, um, a helmet is so personal because you you break in a helmet. You have it form-fitted around your head and it, you know, it kind of, it goes on like a glove. You know, now you got to start incorporating, okay, we're going to use this helmet for these practices. Now we want to use these helmets for these practices. It's just not interchangeable like shoes or gloves. It's I would something have never that, thought about that. I would have never considered that. It's something that you need to break in. And, um, you know, and it, it is, man, it's something that takes a while. You know, one thing we talk about, oh, the, you know, the third day of training camp is when you're going to be your sorest. But you, the, the way that your helmet fits around your head and stuff, it also takes a while for your, your head to become comfortable inside that helmet. So, again, I know it's a marketing tool, but, I, but I'm, you know, really personable, personal about my helmet. All right. So as we get closer to training camp, the questions are not stopping about Justin Fields, uh, the rookie no. quarterback from Ohio State. It is a constant question. He's being ranked among the division quarterbacks. Uh, you know, and that, that's, you know, there's time right now to do these types of things and to talk about these things. But I know I asked you uh, about this earlier this week. You know, are you are you are you still as you look at it, are you still comfortable with the plan that is in place with Matt Nagy? Yeah, 100 percent. Just like what, you know, what rookie is elevated to the immediate starting role and across the board in every single team, there's always a pecking order that you have to work your way up unless you're an emergency situation like the Cincinnati Bengals last year with Joe Burrow. And then you see what happened really in the long run. So I think Andy Dalton is a professional. I, I really was excited to hear about the way that he has taken Justin under his wings and the brought him into that group and, and has helped him develop and be the quarterback ultimately he's going to be. But I also like every competition at every single position as high profile as the quarterback position or any offense and defensive lineman. I like to see the competitiveness out there and you earning your opportunity. First segment in the books here on Bears All Access. Uh, this week's version brought to you by IGS Energy with the broadcast partner top there. I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for sitting by and watching uh, the things that we talk about leading up to training camp. It should be an exciting time to be a Bears fan here in 2021. Back after this on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy. Choose clean energy for your home at IGS.com because every good choice adds up to a better world. My broadcast partner, Tom there, Jeff Joniak, here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Hope everybody had a great week. What a great uh, telethon uh, on the score this week. Danny Parkins and Sam Acho and the entire score broadcast crew uh, raised uh, what, what will be upwards of 667000 or $670,000 uh, for the Austin neighborhood and that, uh, that grocery store. I mean, unbelievable uh, commitment from uh, better than 4,000 listeners of the score. I know um, uh, Bears chairman George McCaskey uh, was on the show. The commissioner uh, was also on the show for the NFL, Mr. Mr. Uh, Roger Goodell. So a lot of great stuff, a lot of great conversation, a lot of great things happened. So hats off to Danny Park and Sam Macho yep. and the entire uh, fan base that uh, participated in that big time. Yeah, you know, to the adults who took part in organizing this thing, and once they had the dream and the idea of getting it done, 
they stayed with it until the completion of the Valdez Radiothon. But some of the young people that Danny Parkins and all the all the cast and crew of the score interviewed in their contribution to the Austin district and the store in what the future is. I'm telling you, man, I was as inspired by the kids, the young people. I, I don't want to call them kids. I, I, the young people that are participating in this opportunity as I was all the other big names that you just mentioned, because these young people are level-headed, energetic. Um, they're learning so many different trades and traits of business, what it can do for their neighborhood, man. I, I'm telling you, I, I was, and I, and I listened to it. I drove home from Sheboygan this morning, got in my car at five o'clock this morning and I listened to it for a, a few hours and, I, I was inspired. Yes, uh, certainly the case in the Austin Harvest uh, Food Mart and the Austin neighborhood, uh, the benefit and the residents around there. So again, congratulations on that. All right, we turn our attention uh, to the Bears. At this point in the offseason, we start to do previews. We do position previews. We'll start talking to some of the uh, our cohorts in the NFC Central town to break down the division, which should be uh, up until this moment, uh, a, a wild ride with or without Aaron Rodgers up in Green Bay, but then also preview some of the matchups early in the season uh, that the Bears will have. But uh, I'd like to start uh, on, on your specialty, the offensive line, because as much of the conversation is there going to be about quarterback, the defense, will it turn back into that takeaway uh, devastating unit that we saw in 2018? Honestly, it, what matters most is to me is that offensive line, how that offensive line is going to be uh, put together, how they're going to perform, will it stay healthy, and, and who will emerge in, in various roles on that offensive line. And I think we're both very excited about the interior three. We're going to talk about those guys right out of the gate because Sam Mustafer has added a significant amount of strength and size. The confidence has always been there. He is a leader in that locker room, a leader on that offensive line, and flanked by Cody Whitehair on the left and James Daniels on the right. You know, but the key element here is the coach is familiar with the talent. You know, when you bring in a new offensive line coach, it's it's almost like a pitching coach where he has to observe every single one of these pitchers and see how they fit into his staff. And that's similar to an offensive line because there aren't a lot of similarities between the, the, the build, the stance, the balance, the structure, the strengths, and the weaknesses of five different individuals on the offensive line. And then you add another five with all the backups. So I think it's important that the coach is familiar with the talent. And now when you talk about Sam Mustafer, Cody Whitehair, James Daniels on in, inside, that's a very strong, intelligent group. These guys are good athletes. They bring a lot of strength to the table. And when you look at Jermaine Effetti, what he's been able to turn into, what he's been able to morph into at that right tackle position, he brings a big body. He's a good athlete. He'll work well with James Daniels over there. And then, hey, we're going to have to probably give you reports almost daily from training camp about the development of the left tackle position. One of the most difficult positions in all of football to play. It's a whole different balance than any right-handed guy that you put on the right side of the offensive line because everything is natural to him. When you talk about the balance on the left-hand side of it, especially out of the tackle position, you're talking about a whole different balance that you have to perfect because it doesn't come naturally. And when you look at the group over there, that's going to compete for that left tackle position. 
It's going to take us, Jeff, every single day at training camp to sit there and pay specific attention to that position. I know really that doesn't is not where your eyes wander to. Me, it does. Nine on seven, one on ones. I'm going to live at that position. How often do I stand shoulder to shoulder with you? Not quite because I'm a short guy. How I'm I'm there for the one on ones. That's where the Wait, we right there. we may be going shoulder to shoulder, but you're facing one on ones and seven on seven, and I'm facing the offensive lineman, defensive lineman one ones. But no, to get back to that position, you know Juan Castillo has been getting his message across since he's had a hands on approach with some of these young guys. He see their their traits and their talents right now, and he understands the veterans because he's been around them for for so much time now. So. Um, it's going to be a fun battle to pay attention to. Um, I love the fact that there's depth when you got guys like Larry Borum that you were introduced to in the fifth round, who, when you look at him, he has all the qualifications. When you look at an offensive lineman that should be able to come and have a super competitive career. And it's going to be fun to watch the development. I really think that the battles, even for the swing positions and the depth on that will be very, very heated. It's it's going to be a very interesting because guys had a taste of starting like Alex bars. You know, once you get a taste, you know, you, you're going to fight, right? You're going to fight for the, for that because you know, you can do it. And Alex bars did a nice job last year at guard. You know, one thing about Alex bars, Jeff, I'm almost going to change him daily at what position he's going to practice at. I'm going to give him snaps at left tackle. I'm going to give him snaps at left guard, at center, at right guard. You know, the only one I wouldn't probably is right tackle because there's a nice depth line behind Jermaine Effetti. But Alex Bars, and I'm glad you brought that up because it's really an important role in the success of a game day roster. When you have that swing position, man, if you have a guy that can play every one of them, I t- you know, that, that's a role that Alex Bars can take on. He's a super intelligent guy, and he knows the assignments at every single position, and I really believe he can play him. His rookie year, he was playing competitively at the left tackle position in training camp. We saw what he did at center last year with a moment's notice. And, you know, he was doing the same at uh, OTAs and the mini camp as of a couple weeks ago. Tremendous value in a guy like that, as, as versatile as he can be and as uh, talented as he can be right there. I bring back, you know, what you said about familiarity. So, from an organizational standpoint, aside from Juan Castillo, they have 14 offensive linemen. 11 of them are homegrown, meaning they were brought in. This is their first place. This has been their stop. They were either drafted or undrafted free agents. Do you see any significance in that? Oh, of course. You know, <clears throat> these are, these guys that have been scouted for months by multiple viewing eyes before they ever got here. If you're homegrown, you're homegrown because of they identified you throughout your college career, back to your high school background, and co- to have the talents and the traits to come in here and create competitiveness on the offensive line. I'm not dismissing the guys that aren't homegrown, but there's a lot more eyes on scouting approach to this whole group of the homegrown guys that the Bears have brought in than of, of Wilkinson, who I like what I saw out of him throughout OTAs in the, in the mini camp. He's a good athlete over there competing at the left tackle position. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, and this is Bears All Access. Time for a break. We're brought to you by IGS Energy here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Be back in a few. 
Welcome back to Bears All Access. The Chicago Bears Network presents Inside the Bears, brought to you by Verizon. Anthony Adams and Lauren Sweden cover the world of Bears football on and off the field every Sunday night at 10.35 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago or watch anytime at chicagobears.com or on the Bears official app. With Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Hope your week went well. Uh, speaking of Anthony Adams, you know, you never know what you're going to find. Uh, he's been kind of quiet on his own Twitter handle, Tom, since you don't have one, you wouldn't know. But I saw him doing a promo with Lawrence Greeden to promote Inside the Bears, and here he's singing now. He's doing a lot of singing. singing really? Serenade the audience to, to turn him on. You know, I, I, I'm Man, telling you, I, I, I was up in, like I said, in Wisconsin, and I thought I saw a commercial with him Set introducing some type of interview with a, a, a athlete from a different sport. And because I asked the people I was sitting with, do you know who that guy is? Uh, you know, that's Anthony, Anthony Adams. He's a hell of a football player, but now yeah, he's it was Spice Shaq, by the way, it was Shaq. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I bet you the two of them uh, could have a good time. Oh my God. Up about NBA basketball and whatnot. I mean, that's the beauty of double a, he can, he can, relate to just about anybody superstar you know, there, or nobody there's a lot of personalities in nfl locker rooms like anthony adams uh you know he's but he's brought it to a whole different level from any time i ever get a chance to see him his humor is second to none and he, you know he was a great football player as well tune in inside the bears can you imagine <laughs> in today's world of opportunity and all these social platforms what your bunch the 85 world champion bears who would have been uh, having national TV shows and whatnot if there was a different time and place? Honestly, it would be the, the cupboard wouldn't be bare. There was a lot of talented individuals <laughs> who can open their mouth and make something funny happen for sure. You know, you see guys like Dan Hampton, how talented he is. You know, he has a band that played at an event the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago for Steve McMichael. A guy like Steve McMichael, his personality was second to none. If you gave him a platform that allowed him to use his colorful language, oh, yikes. For, <laughs> you know, and, and hey, when you, when you put guys, you know, like, you know, McMahon on, you know, all the nighttime, late night television shows, along with Mike Ditka, along with William Perry, I mean, there are so many personalities in that room that they could, they could have filled a, a week of TV. Well, before we went to the break, we're diving into the offensive line. I was focused on the interior, but, you know, we, we touched on the tackles as well. And I'm bringing this up because uh, earlier this week, uh, news of, of David DeCastro getting let go by the Steelers. Looks like he's got an ankle problem that may force him to retire. This is a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. And so you look at that because the Bears are playing the Steelers, you know, in midseason in Pittsburgh on a Monday night. And you talk about a Super Bowl contender, that division uh, has uh, several teams, in, including the Ravens and Browns, that you can always put in that category because of the quarterbacks they have right now and, and the defenses they play with. But again, the offensive line. So you got Marquise Pouncey retired, David DeCastro cut, Alejandro Villanueva left in free agency, I believe, for the Ravens. Matt Filer left in free agency. So that's a total remake there. Do you feel more comfortable with a team like the Bears bringing everybody back with the addition of Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum? Uh, through the draft to develop and, and make an immediate impact somehow, some way, or a situation like that where you're starting, you know, a bunch of new guys on an offensive line with a, with a aging quarterback. I'm not going to say he's uh, it's past him, but you know, Ben Roethlisberger coming back for another season with a brand new offensive line. 
You know, before they got rid of DeCastro, I was looking at uh, um, an evaluation of that division. And they had Pittsburgh last in the division already before the season ever started. So I think there's a little suspicion about Ben Roethlisberger. How mobile is he? Because he's going to have to be more mobile this year with an off, a developing offensive line than in a lot that he has been for years. I know they brought new running backs on board, so they're going to have to be able to run the ball um, effectively in order to either have a really good play action pass to protect Ben Roethlisberger a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's a scary division to be playing in when you're trying to put together five guys. To me, I feel more confidence in what the Bears are, were able to accomplish last year, kind of the positive note that they finished the season on. And now with Juan Castillo having a better understanding of his talent group and how everything's fit. You know, when you're talking about the offensive line, you can never talk about the offensive line and only talk about the interior three. No, you got to so, talk about them yeah, as a group. So, so I'm, I'm talking about the tackles here, though, too, because, you know, what happens with training camp, uh, whether the fans – or if, if it doesn't go well out of the gate for somebody, oh, okay, there's all, on a red flags pop up at training camp. But when you got two rookies like this, Tevin and, and Larry, and they're going to go do their one-on-ones and they're facing, you know, Khalil Mack and uh, accomplished uh, pass rusher and Robert Quinn. And, you know, you've got uh, Eddie Goldman, you got Akeem Hicks inside. They're going to be stunting. There's going to be a whole lot of, com- <laughs> if, if, if a guy gets beat, it's not the end of the world. You know, you're, you're working your craft, you're working your technique to get better. So what advice would you give both Borum and Jenkins as they go to work for their first NFL training camp and Jenkins making a position change over to left tackle from his college days at right? You know, you have, first of all, when you talk about 11 on 11 football, you got to know your assignments that that's non-negotiable Jeff, because if you don't know your assignments, you're going to put the other 10 guys in jeopardy. You're going to kill that play. But when you talk about a drill like one-on-ones, you go to the line of scrimmage and you have such a great understanding of the rhythm of that snap count that you're moving before that defensive lineman. If you're late and you're thinking up there and you're getting off the ball slowly, the defensive player is already going to be in a winning position. Whether you're talking all the talented guys that they have coming off the edge. So number one, it's going to be make sure that you invest a lot of time in your tablet during this downtime to understand the assignments of the offense. But when you go to those individual drills, you go there confidently to the offensive line, get in your stance, become balanced and know how to react to that snap count, because that's the way that you're going to put yourself in a winning position. And then the coaching starts when Juan's going to observe you in real time, and he's not going to be able to go in depth to coach you at that moment. The coaching is going to come when you get into the meeting room where you're coaching yourself and you're also being coached by veterans and the offensive line coach. Talk to me about Jermaine Effetti, uh, what you thought of his performance last season, now going back to right tackle. You know, I like the size that he brings to the offensive line. He's got a good power base. He works well with his interior offensive lineman and has a good understanding of his role in working with a tight end, an H-back, or, or a running back in a blocking position. He didn't make mental errors. Um, I think at the longer he played a right tackle, the more of a comfortable position he got in. Um, he was durable. He was there every day in practice. And I think when he gets an opportunity to work alongside James Daniels, he's going to understand his traits better. 
And so you've got a big, you, you know, you're talking about a 325, you know, two 330 pounders on that right side. That is a big offensive line. And now, as long as you talk about the development of this offensive line, you're also going to have to under Matt Nagy is going to have to understand what is the strength of the offensive line? Where are the, we the most competitive uh, for a bread and butter play that whether it's third and one, third and two, they know we have to run it. Where do you want to run behind and what type of power is on display? That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak. Time to step away. Once again, our third segment coming up, we'll take a look at some of the defensive battles at the cornerback position. And that is a big one as well, because two spots are open, including the nickel spot. And we'll look that and break that down as well as the bears gear up for training camp, starting on July 27th up at Hallisaw for the very first time after not having a training camp a season ago. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by Athletico Physical Therapy. Visit athletico.com to request an appointment in clinic or virtually and start feeling better tomorrow. With Tom Thayer, Jeff Joniak, and this week's edition of Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Thanks to our producers, Jordan Treadup, Dan Brilly, and the folks at The Score. Tom, I, I alluded to it coming out of the uh, last break. I want to talk about the cornerback position because uh, it is one of the three spots that I'm looking at position-wise of significance. There's a special team component to, to this because those guys are also very significant on the special team side of things. We know we got Jalen Johnson coming back, feels he's healthy from his shoulder injury. He's had several. Is there anything, let's start with him, is there anything that he needs to do physically to kind of ease that concern about shoulder injuries? Uh, no, because, you know, he didn't show any evidence, evidence of it last year. From the beginning of the season against Detroit all the way to the end when he did have a little bit of a hiccup, I think Jalen Johnson is a good place. I think he provided probably a little bit more than what was expected of him out of Bears fans because you don't know a lot about him considering where he played his college career then all of a sudden he's thrust into a starting role week one of the NFL, and he's able to put up against every single challenge that he's faced. I think he is a good courageous tackler. I don't think um, even when we are listening to him on his final Zoom interview that he has any concerns about his shoulder. And that's the key he, ingredient is, is you can't go and play football and have a lingering thought always in the back of your mind about some injury that you've already suffered. If he's not thinking about it, nor should we. I think Jalen Johnson has a super bright future ahead of him. And I think defensive coordinator Sean Desai is really fortunate to have a young guy in the early development stages of ultimately what he's going to be. But he's already taken on a role of a veteran in the early stages. Right. I think being around Kyle Fuller, watching him and being in his tablet every day, every day, I mean, every day yep. also helps. He admitted that. And I do think he's a mentally tough guy. He's not going to put that injury concern in his head. I think his next step is uh, obviously he made plays on the ball. Now the next step is to take those balls away. Yeah. You know, and he's fortunate to have a defensive back coach that has experience in the NFL that can give him some predetermined uh, thinking processes about how to play different quarterbacks, different systems and different receivers. And he's the first guy to tell you that every defensive back thrives on interceptions. And I think if you can get the front to match the cornerbacks, you will provide more opportunities for all the defensive backs to get to create those turnovers. And I think when you talk about 
you know, the influence of Vic Fangio on Sean Desai and what the defense was capable of a couple of years ago. Hey, if Eddie Jackson is the one that's getting the interceptions because Jalen Johnson is doing a good job and his outside coverage, I'm okay with that too. I want everybody to get their hand in it. But, you know, when you look at the good fortunes that Jalen Johnson had throughout his rookie season, I think the judgment day is when you take that next step, it's going to be about grabbing some turnovers. Bears have 18 defensive backs on the roster right now, the 90-man roster. Uh, at the safety position, you've got six. So the, the other uh, group is a large one. And, and I think they put a lot of bodies in here, some undrafted guys, some guys that have been around the NFL with experience. In fact, there, there's quite a few. There's only one undrafted rookie in that secondary on this roster at the moment. Otherwise, they're drafted or they're guys with veteran experience at the cornerback position. You obviously begin with Desmond Trufant, uh, the former Detroit Lion cap casualty up there. I, I, he would be a prime candidate to compete for that starting job. You got Artie Burns, who unfortunately suffered an injury last year. You've got also Michael Joseph coming off an injury, but he's been exposed to Sean Desai now since the 2018 season. So he got a chance last year in, in preseason to make some plays. Uh, Xavier Crawford was a very good special teams player. He's competing. Thomas Graham is the draft pick competing. That's all at the cornerback position along with Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildor, Trey Roberson, Jalen Tabor, Tease Tabor, who also was NFL experience, and Rogesterman Ferris, a free agent. So Kendall Vildor is the guy, the name that everyone is talking about right now, and, and he did impress during that minicamp, showing that he's got some some veteran experience already to be have that swagger a little bit on the outside, which is vitally important. Well, you know, you know, the veterans that you brought up, we're still getting introduced to these guys like Trey Roberson, like Artie Burns, True Font and stuff. But when you look at a, a guy like Kendall Vildor, you got to know a little bit about him last year. And throughout the training, the uh, mandatory minicamp, he looked different. He looked more confident. He carried himself in a way that he wanted to put himself in consideration for that starting role. And that's what I want. Because, listen, man, this is not a shy group. This is not a group of guys, the cornerbacks, the defensive back, that kind of walk around with their head down. No, man. They want to come up here. They want to make plays in practice. They want to celebrate. So I like the fact that, you know, Jalen Johnson, he's he's the type of personality you like at the cornerback position because Kyle Fuller wasn't a super outgoing guy. He just played football day in and day out. And that's what I kind of give the reflection from Jalen Johnson. But when I saw Kendall Vildor go through his paces at the mandatory camp, hey, that's why there was a lot of attention focused on him because he was making plays. He did stand out. He looked bigger. And that's the type of investment that I want these guys to be making in themselves. But the list of the other guys, I still have a lot of interest because before Artie Burns got hurt, he looked fast. He looked fluid. He looked like he belonged on an NFL football field. I want to see what Trey Roberson can bring from the Canadian Football League down to the NFL. So I'm still, you know, interested to look at a lot of these characters that are going to get a lot of reps in training camp. Duke Shelley obviously got some reps at uh, the nickel spot. And we can't un underscore enough the importance of that position. So to me, that's one of the most important battles. It's a very difficult position to play. You got to know what the other 10 guys are doing at all times. 
You got to be able to deal with a big tight end. You got to deal with a running back. You got to deal with a receiver. You got to deal with everything. So that's going to be a hard one to, to call until somebody really shows that, you know what, I'm up for the job. You know, but I think they're really fortunate, Jeff, but they are bringing back both starting safeties for the first time in quite a while because the role in which they communicate with the safeties, that that inner slot cornerback or that nickel cornerback, whatever title you want to give them, I think they they combine their relationship really well together. So I think Eddie Jackson, with the years of experience that he has in this system with Sean Desai, with Gibson and stuff. Now I, I think it's really important the role that these two safeties can help in the development of that nickel corner. And Hey, if, if Duke Shelley is first in line, he's the type of guy that walks around. He's got a little bit of swagger in himself and it's something you need at, at that position. All right. That's Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak time for our final segment and a break before we come back here on Chicago sports radio, 670, the score. This segment of Bears All Access is brought to you by CDW. People to get it. One more round to go with Tom Thayer. I'm Jeff Joniak, the radio duo on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM WBBM here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, you laugh, but you know, we're starting to make plans, making plans. We're going to be at games this year. Somehow, some way, we're going to hit the road. And uh, it is exciting to think about uh, what, what we're going to do. But, you know, there are hurdles to climb still, obviously. So uh, you can't diffuse the excitement level right now full stadiums and getting back in those stadiums to call games tom i think you and i are both very excited about that oh i can't wait i you know i can't wait to see the the role that the fans play you know because there's going to be some away games that you're going to go to like that rams game the opening week of the season i think there's going to be as many chicago bear fan supporters there as there will be la fans and they haven't had the opportunity to go inside their new palatial estate of this their new stadium so um i'm excited for football fans to get back into that frenzied atmosphere that they create and we're we're at the stadiums wet home and away so early that you get to we get to watch that intensity build up is once they sound the horn and the door the front doors are open and those people that are running to their seats and they're surrounding the lower bowl it kind of gives you chills when you think about the importance the role of the fans play in the NFL. All right. This was many weeks ago. I don't know who put this together, but uh, somebody ranked the, the quarterbacks in the division backups and starters, the projected backups and starters. So when you look at it, you get the, so you got golf, you got uh, Mond, Jordan love, Nick Foles, Andy Dalton, Kirk cousins, Justin Fields, and we'll throw Aaron Rodgers a bone and say, he's going to be back. All right. um, you know, you think about it. I would take any number of these quarterbacks in the top four as, as the best quarterbacks in the division. And they're on the Chicago bears. Um, Outside of Rogers, of course. Yeah. 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 So to me, I I'm still Aaron Rodgers. to me is still one of the best two players in the national football league. If he plays, when you look at what the bears can put out there, I think the bears, um, if you want to put a number two out there and you give a normal training camp, um, I think um, what the Bears have been able to do to the Minnesota Vikings, I think when they beat them five out of the last six times, I think Andy Dalton could take uh, command of this offense and, you know, and be a, a, a huge part of a uh, early season spark for this football team. And, hey, 
it's there's no denying what Justin Fields is going to offer the Bears and what the experience of Nick Folds has already been in the NFL. But um, again, I I like what the the Bears are going to put out there in the quarterback position, and um, I, I think it's going to be super competitive, and it's going to make it overall a better football team and a better offense. All right, this is in the weird category. I saw this from Mike Tannenbaum, <laughs> the former executive. So this, this 2017 draft class. All right. Uh, pass rushers like Hassan Reddick, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett, Trey Hendrickson, Carl Lawson, a lot of guys. The top three players in sacks from that class. So T.J. Watt, number one at 49 and a half for Pittsburgh. Miles Garrett, 42 and a half. The third player is not a pass rusher. Do you care to guess who it might be? Third highest sack total of the 2017 draft class. I know I'm. Now you put, yeah, you're putting me out. You're putting me on the spot. Uh, no, you'd have to tell me. The Blau Nichols. Blau Adams, at safety, twenty-one yeah. and a half sacks. Which, which leads me to this conversation. I get the sense because we don't know. We won't know until we actually see these guys play games in the regular season. They're not going to give it all up in the preseason. They're not going to show it in practice. But do you have any suspicion? that even though Vic Fangio was not this type of guy that brings pressure outside of looking for it from four up front, that this might be a team become very aggressive and have the types of players that I love, the corner blitz, the safety blitz, a Roquan blitz. Do you suspect that that might happen at all? Well, I'll tell you this. If Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, if they come up and they – you know, they don't necessarily have to have career years, but they have to have a lot of influence in how the offensive blocking scheme is constructed against them. The better they are, the more chances for exactly you want is going to happen because now you've got these offensive tackle and offensive guard that are so concentrated on stopping Khalil or making sure you get feet in front of Robert Quinn that opens those outside opportunities and it gives more of a, a threatening opportunity for a quick DB to run over a lackluster blocking back. Different topic now, uh, Tom, as you're, there's so many things tied to the bears right now with the exploration of Arlington parks uh, facility there. You've got the, the new BetRivers.com and the rivers casino multi-year exclusive partnership, the official sports book partner and official casino partner of the bears. Uh, they've been looking for, for those deals. Uh, but the Bears and the Chicago Public League launching girls flag football in conjunction with the NFL flag slash Nike uh, program. They're going to kick it off in September with 22 teams from across Chicago public school system. The first football league flag at the high school level in Illinois. There are six of them uh, throughout the country. And you got a former bear helping out spearhead this and the public schools director of sports, Mickey Pruitt. What do you think yep, about yep. this? Six States. It's a varsity sport. And Matt Nagy is donating a uh, cleats providing for all players. Thanks to his donation and a, and a grant from bears care. I think it's one. I think it, I think it is awesome. I love it. You know, because <laughs> I, I want to tell you, I do, I do have a family that are friends of mine from Canada and their daughter plays in a flag football league up there. She's one of the most talented pass catching athletes I've ever seen. And I kind of sent her a note and I go, Hey, Johnny, they're opening flag football here. Can you come down and, and you know, play in the U S um, but I, I think it's awesome. But, you know, Hey, listen, go to any female sports, you go to look at the wrestling program 
and you go look at some of the Olymp female Olympians that are going to participate in the Olympics. Listen, they have they have great athleticism. They I think it's super exciting, and I, I can't wait. And I and I hope that Mickey Pruitt, you know, he's been involved with the Chicago public school system now for a long time. I hope they put a great deal of effort into it. I'm excited to watch it. I'm excited to go see him. Hey, a lot of bragging rights out there. I mean, I still brag about the performance of my high school football team, and I would like to see it start bragging about that program. All right, Tom, that's going to wrap us up. Appreciate all your time, and we'll be back next week to talk more Bears football on the lead-up to training camp. For our producers, Jordan Treadup and Dan Barilli, and everybody at The Score, thank you all for listening. For Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak saying good night. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score.